Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Hi, awesome. I, I think we're really, really good today. Okay, so as mentioned in our show, the idea is to allow our audiences, especially the young graduates, the mid-career teachers, the students, they already want to learn more about the world of digital, the world of startup, the world of AI. Share with us a bit of your background story about how, when you were studying your polytechnic days, how do you eventually do your freelancing and then eventually intern and eventually got a job? Yeah. Thanks for the question. Yeah, so for um, before I signed up with Polytechnic, I came in JC. I think that's not quite more fact. I think I came to JC for a year. I think that well. So um, I decided to actually move on to actually something I was interested in. Uh, Gigaconic. So that was actually going to Miami Polytechnic. Yeah. So um, back then I was more interested in a mix of business and information technology. And then there was like I think I was going through. So there was not much development. Computer science wasn't that wasn't as hot as it was now. After you take your GC O level, so you have some try to go on to general college or go on to polytechnic. General college is actually a pre-university where you get actually lost it's a maximum span of two years or three years, depending on how well you do during the first three years. Yeah, and at the same time for polytechnic it's a full three years. At the end of it, so at the end of general college you will get levels, and at the end of polytechnic the other route and she get a diploma. Yeah. So at the end of both brain university route, she actually have a choice that she go on to pursue university studies after that. Why you decided to move from one path to the other path? Yes. So for myself, at the end of taking my DC on boss, I wasn't that sure on uh, what to specialize in. So I think that was one of the main platforms that made me go with junior college first. Being new to junior college studies, wasn't uh, really prepared at that time because I wanted to explore both my interests and at the same time do well in trying. I think being for the time sector and also the, the immense uh, have to go through for junior college. I think you you can get choose one. It's fun. There's a whole sudden. For example, for me, I actually had to go but at, at the end, it didn't work out so well. At the end, I decided at the end of this because I actually explored a few of my interests and this can be as simple as during VC, when I was in classes, setting up the AV or working on websites, or very simple websites back then. Like, I don't think you you have very good frameworks that just swapped them back then. Actually, exploring very basic, like HTML, Singapore, to actually build websites back then. Yeah, like simple things, working up, and even having a lot of class, with organizing events, having a simple website thing. 
I don't know that you have this in Telegram, but he actually have choose a date, plug it inside there. And not fair. Yeah, so it was something like that. Ah. Uh, yeah, so over there. So it's just very simple place. Actually, extra money in this more area. So you believe in exploring interest. That means you place some greater value on exploring your interest, learning more about yourself, and therefore you right. switch path. Okay, so tell us more uh, along the line of once you're on the path of polytechnic, how has that eventually got you to hackathons or uh, internship and university? Continue yeah, with yeah. Big yeah. For uh, he was quite the big, yeah. The curriculum difference is actually quite huge because for polytechnic mm-hmm. wise, the curriculum is actually net from as from at the junior college. I was actually introduced to the modular system where you're supposed to bid for courses, for example, the semester, there are a few courses where you have to make based on the four syllabus or three years. So it actually is split into six, six semesters over that. They're supposed to be for courses for each semester and you can actually choose what you want to specialize in. Yeah. On top of those six courses, we can actually pick based on our interests. Then I think I took a lot of language courses and those were the best. Introduction to Mandarin or uh, introduction to French. There's kind of positive. Yeah. I thought it's great. I speak by school, so it's quite a good learning experience for me. And at the same time, I think it also, for me, because I think it's a very big importance on working. Mm-hmm. So I would go to those classes and actually make more friends than my batchmates. Yeah, so I think that was one area that, you know, that I always look forward to. Other than the first few, first few hours of, first few hours of classes, mm-hmm. part of the classes, I think definitely it was quite a good break to actually go for these language classes. Yeah. So, since polytechnic was more spaced out, so we actually have the ability to actually count our various sectors, explore more on our interests. When I was in polytechnic, we were actually enrolled in extra classes, sports clubs and events. I, during that second year, I enrolled in a triplicate club. Mm. Uh, that was, uh, I was trying to explore more on being an entrepreneur. And uh, over there, I, during the first year, I was, was more to getting involved people in the club. And the second year, I actually decided to go for or apply for uh, the treasurer for the second and third year for the entrepreneurship part. Mm-hmm. And over there, I actually learned a lot about heavy when inviting speakers. One of the speakers I think that we invited was actually the Parazon co-founder. Oh, but, yeah. I think it was Marcus. Yeah, so Parazon and then we're with that popular. So oh, yeah. them down. But for the audience out there, Carousel is a secondhand app. It's almost like the eBay or Amazon for secondhand goods, right? And it's very popular among Southeast Asia. What year was that? So that they have an, a rough idea. When was that? So it was 2014-15 during the time where I think over there, back then, there wasn't much startups in Singapore, not much tech relations over there. I think that was really, what really new to us back then about tech startups. Really new. And back then, you know, MV just started out and a lot of the tech companies in the US streaming up and they were not that popular Yes. Uh-huh. So coming back to that part where you invited Marcus to speak, continue. How has that, what happened and how has that evolved you to eventually join Hackathon and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I think definitely when we invited Marcus on board to be one of the talks, one of the entrepreneurship club, they shared about how she of them, because they're three co-founders, they shared about how three of them actually went together and also create paradox on that how Backstory of how we found and at the same time, because it was an MP on the mic, oh, I didn't know back then, but he was an MP on the mic. So after I need to assure them to 
pursue studies in NUS. And then that was when I met his three co-founders. And uh, I think they, they started piano after a trip to uh, I think Silicon Valley. They didn't have this program where students can actually get a chance to go to the US to actually learn from the parts on the back and at the same time in tech space on the back. So I think that, that was a good opportunity for, for them to come to the back and when you work on an idea, a uh, world-changing idea. So definitely, it actually motivated me to actually start something for the community. Hmm. So back then, I think we started uh, an organization, object called Backers for Change. And yeah, and me and I think five other co-founders here just started that. But we organized and the person there to actually teach students on how to um, do AI hmm. with a few software development tools. And uh, from there, we actually organized, so for the whole year, 2014-2015, we organized a few events for its focus on introduction to Python, introduction to Java, programming, development. So these are just a, a few events that that we did. Yeah. So that was actually doing my poly life. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, so for after that, after all the exciting and very actually projects mm. that we worked on, we actually, so for my final year, we, I decided to not pursue the, the uh, organization for now. So I did was actually took a step back and uh, focus on my time. Because it was my last year, my deciding year to actually get into university. Mm. So I decided to focus more on my studies. So that was where I think that was where I met you at 2015 on it, we did Sakata. And then for my final, I think for my final project, we did something with your company, right? Click five. Yeah. That, that was really exciting. Oh, definitely. Was one of the highlights of Pony Life. Yeah. So it was, that nice summarizes my, my, my Pony Life. Yeah. And, and at the same time, before my last semester I was actually a internship, I began reading Ground Impulse for Polytechnics, that is a program where we actually choose for you your internship company. So you don't actually have to source it yourself. So back then, I was actually attached to IBM. Oh, you had the companies out, out there back then. Yes. Yeah, definitely. More back then, they just sold off their yeah. server unit on mm. the novel. Yes. Yeah. And uh, there, I worked by the Chinese Research Park. I had to actually go down so that there are two. Locations over there. Mm. One is the server staging department, and then mm. the other one is actually the uh, I had to, my, my job scope was actually to visit both at the same time. We actually helped, if they need more help in the staging department, I actually go and help out over there. If they need help in the issue, then I will, I will go and help out over there. So, not I was expecting a lot of software development, but actually there wasn't too much on that. Oh, right. Because, yeah, because for my, Diploma was actually specializing in business, and I we actually had we actually doing internship. I actually had to see see both sides of the both sides of business and itself hmm. because the department that we were in was actually dealing with clients. One one side was the clients, and then one side was the technology hmm. where we did with configuring servers and networking and all that stuff. Definitely, there wasn't there wasn't much room for software development. Hmm. So what I did was I found a process that was actually quite the current process that, that there was back then was actually the staging department actually had to send the form the summers were sent to the staging department first and then when there we assemble it and we configure it and then it will be sent to the client. Yeah. So that is the whole process. And then the thing is for uh, the staging department at that point of time that 
by manager was actually updating the, the, the staging and also the, the passwords manually. So when they actually come to the staging, staging department, boom, passwords, they were actually, you actually manually call them like this queue to actually update it. So actually quite slow because it's quite, man- quite a manual person. So what I did was an add-on to my manager and then I asked him like, okay, why not work on a software to actually improve this process? And uh, my manager, so I, the last three months of my internship, I actually worked from that. And uh, I actually came out with data mission and I actually didn't test it out. And then, yeah, so it was, it was actually quite, my manager liked it. So that was what got me uh, quite a good break for my internship for a bit. Yeah, so I think definitely for internship, definitely it's not about the, uh, which internship company you come from. I think at the start, you can intern anywhere. Then mm-hmm. it has to be in trade company, then it's that company. Then then, because you can make a difference in work. So definitely, the, the first company that you start out, definitely go all out. And mm-hmm. also, the identify you that you can be able And also, make proposals to your manager, build a form with your team, see where projects that can be improved, and then, initiative to actually go out there and do it to improve it. Yeah, so I think that was one of the highlights of my picture. Hold, hold it there. One second. Let me save because, okay, one sec. Great. So he's sharing with us about that time from your poly to uh, getting the initiative. Um, tell us, especially for a student, when they are in their uh, polytechnic days or high school and they want to get an internship with a big company, they most probably will be f- feeling uncertain and anxious. What was going through your mind? What was the advice that you give to this kid to do applying to try to get an internship? Yeah. So I think mostly for one technique, it's very, it's a very sharp environment. It's very different from university or any other higher education. It's a bit, what's one thing is very sharp where they actually do, actually, I'm quite surprised. They actually do everything for you. Wow. What do you mean yeah. by do everything for you? Give us a bit of idea. For example, no, fine. this is definitely the uh, process for they so actually have everything for you already. You just have to actually go, I'm not sure for other concerts, but I can, I can actually say this for a point that was mm, like yes. where the point technique and the point that was in a name from they actually go arrange all these internships to better the companies and the back. And then at the same time for the news experience of students, mm. they actually don't have to actually go to source industry coffee or something oh. like that. Yes. But you do have a choice to do that. Yeah. For people that are, or for students that actually sourcing the internship copies themselves, mm. I think, which I did do my needs. So I think that, that was, I think some, some advice that I can get is actually, based on my experience, yeah. especially to apply in for as many companies as possible. Mm. And uh, I think, but applying to companies that you have, have enough interest in, I think that's one of the things that, that I get was actually to apply for companies that I'm interested in. Yeah. And uh, I think I'll share with you later on my media education, what inspired me to actually pull to apply for the next internship of this was actually because the only thing I actually did a lot at the bar also. I did what I found with you oh yeah, in DBS. And then I did some of my friends with IRAS and we won, I think for the DSI, we won second one up. And then for the IRAS, we actually won our second place also. So over there, when you actually get to meet, network with other people, you actually get, get inspired by what some of just teachers some of their likes or respects on it. I think that that's one of the things that is why me to actually apply for, the, for those companies. Ah. Yes. Let, let's ask, let's, let me ask a question so that the audience can really understand. Let me repeat a bit so they remember what was the backstory. So you're saying that you applied in on your own and you also got 
the polytechnic school officers to get an internship for you. And how do you manage to get some of the internship is through first discovering your passion. And the way to discover your passion is to network. And one of the ways to network is to participate in hackathons. Am I right to say that? Yes, I think that's one of the, um, one of the ways to, you know, one of the best ways to network with people that are maybe not the same age as you, but also actually go on, they go on the comfort zone. They actually meet uh, people who are already in the industry, already doing this kind of, you know, uh, and they have the best time to work with these kind of people. Oh, I know they include the industry and actually various kind of people because in hackathons, they actually have, uh, it's actually like an open call to, to anyone in, in the public that can actually come to actually work on an idea together based on the formal statement. So I think there were designers, well, UX people, there was programmers, software engineers, an array of people that, even project managers, there were an array of people that then can work with. So I think it's a good opportunity for you to, to get to know more on about these people and at the same time about how do they in their own, get to know their own trial, get to know more about uh, what it takes to be in that position. So I think that um, for but there are other ways to get out too. There are other events. There are other I think for when I was in JC at Club, there was this entrepreneurship event organized by Nibo where I actually met a lot of the, the budding entrepreneurs in the junior college. And then, made, which I'm even keeping up in contact now. And some of them has gone to pursue various businesses, started very businesses. I think that was actually a good way to actually network with startup entrepreneurs. And then at the same time, get inspired by their life story. Yeah, I think that's, that's the best. Okay. Thanks for sharing with us. An interesting question I also wanted to ask is because back then, there was no COVID-19. So you can network in on-site, meaning physical places like a Changi Business Park or maybe and some of those hackathons organized in Chinatown. But now, ever since with COVID-19, in a cyclical manner, sometimes you, sometimes we, in Singapore, we have circuit breaker, but in a lot of other countries, they call it lockdown, on and off, on and off, right? How then do students actually is able to network uh, in the digital world? That's a very good question. For, yeah, some things, there was an endemic of pandemic. It's huge in this. Then you're experiencing now COVID-19. So definitely, back then it was easier. Because for me personally, I would, I, I prefer or I would, I would always love to, to meet people face and change or be sense the best and healthy on that. Because there was a lot of people that was, you get to mix around really fast. They get to network really fast because you're nice and the people are already there, mm-hmm. then physical value himself. So I think networking is much, much easier. You, know, you can just go up to, for example, if you were a stranger, I could actually go up to you and give me, give you my name part or introduce myself, that kind of thing, as a freelancer or as a student, and, and get to know more about, about you. Yeah. So I think that was really new. Like then, by for the new norm that we have now, yes. COVID-19, there was there's a lot of networking happening online. Mm-hmm. And because, okay, so for me personally, I think online networking is very difficult because you don't know the, you, you can't interpret what the person means when he taps something because there's no emotions involved. It's not on the text, but there's no emotion. It's harder to decide for whether the person is happy, the person is happy, the person is sad at the time of writing the message. So I think that's one of the news. Yeah, that's one of the challenges that, that we, we are. Ever learning every day on how to encounter it. 
Yeah, I think Ben comes down, but I think emojis may help with getting those emotions out of text. Yeah, so these emojis really play a part. Definitely for online networking, it is definitely harder. And I think one advice I have is actually just for online, meeting new people online or meeting future doing online interviews, it's always best to have your camera fan on and really speaking to that person face to face. Yeah, and then at the same time, really, I think definitely a solution to this bar is actually video calls because I think that's the closest thing you can actually get to a physical nighting section of the lab. Yeah. So definitely for me, myself, I'm still learning on how to network professionally and at the best online. Also learning every single day on how to do it. Okay. Don't worry. Let's continue. After the hackathons with DBS, IRAs, and MP Sandbox, what happened after that? Yeah. I won just before I went back, me and two of my friends actually went to the actually attended the free sandbox I thought. Hmm. That was when we developed a version where there's full notes are easy for it. Then all text, there's just a bit of features on the back. So what we did was like me to to push the gap between projecting learning hmm. and and the current state of learning in schools where we are given full notes. So what we did was to actually integrate the Augmented reality aspect in these school notes back then. And uh, over there, students can just take out their phone and also a view those notes in 3D or uh, in VR uh, on their phone. So that was actually one of the, I think we actually were quite proud of that product. Yeah. So over there, at the end of it, we won first prize. Oh, yeah. yeah. So FT Sandbox, shout out to them. They are really great. And I think Nian Polytechnic is really heavy on innovation. They actually have an innovation of being full. So definitely over there, students who are pursuing entrepreneurship, innovative for that, are given, yeah, given funds, like the CMOS. So definitely a very entrepreneurship-friendly polytechnic. Yeah. I think that was what made at this session. So uh, along that line, so do you manage to spin off a startup from that augmented reality application? Yes. We, we wanted to. We wanted to. But however, after especially from there, for male students, what happens after taking university is a mandatory national service. Oh, okay. So here, sorry. Yeah, I got to stop here. To all audience out there around the world, other than you're, if you are not in Singapore, guys, once you turn 18, you are obliged to serve national service, right? HM, continue, please. Yeah. Yes. So we wanted to actually, but from the moment that we want to have to to our generation month, for exactly a month away. And then after that, during our very generation month, I think most of us, most of the people in the team actually had to serve most already. So they are getting called up during that point of time. So we decided not to actually pursue startup in this area at the point of time. Yeah. So definitely, I think there are various companies now who are actually pursuing that, including Snapchat. Snapchat, and then they are just starting out. Definitely. And they actually bought, for example, I think if we were to pursue that, I think that would be quite a different uh, conversation that you have for a couple of now. Yeah, many years. Then after NSO, that what? What do you what do you um, do in NS? Like, are you are you just an infantry soldier or something like that? Yes, for for NSO service, I was uh, I was because I was quite overweight back then. Uh, what does so, overweight means? Because to the audience out there, some of them may find it a new term. Ah, uh, I see. Oh, overweight means that see, you have the DMI from above twenty five. Ah, okay. so extremely overweight. Once that you actually have a BMI over 30. Yeah. 
You want to guess where, which area that I was attached? I don't know, man. Please tell me. Yeah. So I was actually identified as extremely holy. Thank I had a over the yeah, I think I was saying, I was a hundred kg back then. Wow. Um, yes. So based on, so every, before every male student actually goes on to still MS, they actually have to go through a BMT, which is basic military training. And so you can spend from a minimum of two months. So the duration actually depends on how overweight you are when you actually enter. So at the same time, so I was, since I was the, right at the end of the spectrum, mm. it was extremely old. So I still actually go on to over there. I was actually being introduced to a lot of, I don't know, interesting facilities. I believe foreigners definitely, when you can actually, as I visit people from all walks of life. And best thing about it is neuro. No matter whether you love them or feed them, you have to work together to achieve the essence of fairness. You are, you learn how to adapt. I think that's, that's the one thing that I meant. And the people that motivates them. I think that's one of the key areas. What motivates them? Because by learning what motivates a team or what motivates your, your section mate or your team mate. Sorry, these are new terms, but section mate that means just means that that's part of the 80% team or a company where you have different companies made up of different teams and sections. Maybe, for example, a company may have four thirteens and in each person we have four seconds and something like, something like that. Currently, a lot of, it's a new environment that you have that to. And I see that a lot of, a lot of personal growth in those two years because you are, you are forced to be independent. You actually need to, need to grow a lot of missions together together with, with all these different from all, all of them. So definitely you, I think you definitely, it's a wake up call. <laughs> you definitely grow up fast in most years. So definitely, I think that is hot, hot a lot on time management, personal development, and also mental strength. I think that's one of the areas that, that I've learned. And you were to ask me to do it all over again, I would, because definitely those two years were the best years of my life. Ah, so you say, yeah. and let me repeat a bit for the audience. So in NS, you learn about time management, personal development, learning to work with others. What about your physical health? Do you get better doing this? Yes. So I actually lost a total of 50 Wow. For the first five months, because they actually had very, very good training. I think what I expect where normally you have to do. We do end for the thing. For example, we do the normal exercise and the start of the day. And then we move on to the, in the middle of the day when the when the sun or when the temperature was got hotter, we actually go on to do some swimming. I think that was one of the functions that we did. And then at night also, there's also near to night time, there's also another excellent session. I think there was uh, a lot of, a lot of people training in for Definitely for, if you ask me any training to be, uh, training to be someone in the military, definitely there comes a lot of physical training over there. Yeah, you have to keep fit. So definitely. I, I was the fitter sign that I was at my life was actually close to here because every day was all fully functioning and working on having more helping. Definitely over there was, it was an experience uh, not to be missed. Not on a stepping stone. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed our captivating conversation with the Tech with a Resilient Problem Solver in part one of today's podcast episode. 
We explore his inspiring journey from winning hackathons and developing an innovative app to navigating the challenges of military service while pursuing his tech dreams. Sham. Passion and determination truly shone through as he shared his personal growth and experiences along the way. Now, as we transition into part two of our riveting discussion with Sham, get ready to delve into the dynamic world of university life and the exciting opportunities that await in the field of computer science. We'll uncover the differences between university and polytechnic education, highlighting the importance of independent study and decision-making. Sham will take us on a journey through subject selection, overcoming challenges, and the power of networking in the computer science realm. But that's near old. We'll also explore Sham's participation in online hackathons and discuss their potential as a hiring tool for companies. The episode will be filled with valuable insights into ECM's personal and academic growth, providing you with inspiration and a deeper understanding of the power of following one's passion. So don't miss out on part two of this insightful podcast episode featuring Sham. Get ready to expand your horizons and unlock a wealth of knowledge as we continue our exploration of the fascinating world of technology and personal development. Stay tuned. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon. Music